Hi, folks. Welcome to Inclusive Collective, where we share stories and learnings of inclusive people, organizations, and innovation. I am your co-host, Nadia Butt. I'm an organizational development and belonging strategist, and I am joined by my friend, Rob Hadley, a people and culture strategist specializing in DEI and people analytics. Hi, Rob. How are and, you? And just, you know, life in general. I specialize life. in, yeah, <laughs> advice. You specialize in life? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's always good. I, I do it all. Yeah, but thanks that's for that. Good. Thanks for that setup. Yeah. yeah, I'll limit myself to people analytics and DEI today. That's yeah, it. sure. That's all I'm doing today. That's all all today and this week. So, Rob, in honor of the end of the year, uh-huh. I I wanted to kind of just ask you if you had any favorite kind of moments or memorable moments or a guest that you really appreciated joining um, a discussion that you enjoyed listening to or anything wise that I said, because, you know, (laughs) (laughs) well, well, everything that you and I, all of our interactions are memorable. I will say that. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) They Um, are. (laughs) Yeah. They memorable, And, and some of my favorites for sure. So not really a favorite, but there's something that I have been thinking about a lot about, and Uh that is, you might, Probably wouldn't guess it, but Alicia Thomas, uh, oh. who is the director of DEI at Harvard MBA and PhD program, mm-hmm. right? So it's a great episode. Definitely mm-hmm. check it out if you haven't already to you know, for folks that are listening. But Alicia talks about the wraparound care that they give MBA students that they receive. Um, yeah. And so they how they really try to think about belonging for students. For those of you that don't know, if you go to a full-time MBA program and something like Harvard, you invest a ton of money. You basically live this lifestyle for 20, 24 months. It's super social. It's very elitist. It's very hyper-capitalist. So it's super performative, right? Like you've got a cocktail reception with the Goldman Sachs recruiter and you have to try to be funny and connect with your peers and you're always on. And sounds like you know what's going on. All the things all the things that you hate about work. You have to really just dial all those things up, right? And so um and Alicia talks about the, you know, the support for different types of people that, uh, that they need, whether you're minoritized racially or from a gender or sexual identity perspective, or if you're a first gen uh, grad student, right? And so, mm-hmm. so I thought about the value there about th- that they're creating, right? So that these people end up running companies, nonprofits, they become senators, unfor- <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes, but, um, and getting them through emotionally, spiritually intact and with a sense of community. So I think about how important that is. I also think about that in the context of the current debate about campuses and, uh, you know, on my former campuses and campuses across the country about academic freedom and how supported students feel right now, both, you know, from, you know, you know very narrowly from uh, anti-Islamic and anti-Semitic rhetoric mm-hmm. on campuses. Mm-hmm. I think about how conservative groups are trying to force the president of Harvard out. The New York Post raised these issues about plagiarism in Claudine Gay's published works. Yeah. Which, Nadia, you know, the New York Post is super dedicated as an institution to, and they're committed to academic integrity. To, to, and, by, and to mitigate bias. <laughs> Absolutely. They are, they are locked in on these issues. Um, right. And then states like my own uh, that are even trying to make work like the very thoughtful work that Alicia Thomas is doing go away entirely. So yeah. that's just been really uh, in the back of my mind. And so, so I'm wishing uh, Alicia Thomas and her team their Harvard warm wishes at the end of the year. That's great. Actually, I, I really enjoyed that conversation with her as well. And I feel like that was right at the kind of the 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 beginning of 
what um, was being decided with SCOTUS and she couldn't talk about it at the time, but Mm -hmm. um, I do appreciate the fact that she was talking about some of the things that they were doing for students um, who were, had these marginalized identities. And so, yeah, really great episode. I think um, absolutely folks should take a, take a listen to that if they haven't already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What do you, what, what, what sticks out for you? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. We clearly like the professors or the people in academia because I really enjoyed our conversation that we had with Dr. Peter Huang. Um, oh, right. So for folks that may not remember, he wrote he, he was um, a professor, um, also a, an attorney. Um, he wrote a book called uh, Disrupting Racism. And he talked with us about the connection of mindfulness practices to DEI, and along with that, really particularly like examining your thoughts um, to help kind of make better decisions and mm-hmm. mitigating biases, using humor mm-hmm. um, to to kind of you know inject humor. He says to really help people talk better or navigate. Um, healthier conversations or difficult conversations. He talked about listening and having empathy and connecting with people and like learning from folks, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. actually talking to people and learning from them. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that because I, you know, he talked also about like that that piece of mindfulness um, related to bias and how there's been studies done where that really truly reduces racist actions and reduces mm-hmm. implicit biases. Um, so I, you know, it's just a reminder that there are other types of wellness um, activities such as mind mindfulness that folks can practice to really examine mm-hmm. their biases and then help them think through what are some action steps to further mitigate them. Um, so I really appreciated the conversation with Dr. Wong, and that was, I think, in season four as well, earlier on. Um, so if folks haven't had an opportunity to take a, a, a you know, a listen, definitely download the episode and, and tune in over the holiday break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like and, and particularly enjoyed the the humorous parts or the the references to certain uh, humorous clips and use the the reference toward using humor as a way to call out people and before their biases and help them understand them as well and totally. uh, and use them as a as, use humor as a, a tool for education so yeah and um, he's quite funny himself he is <laughs> right he, he is. was like a he was a delight to have on the podcast as a guest so <laughs> yes all right let's take a quick break Nadia. we'll come back with a couple of more stories or what we know around here as the deets, the deets. stay with us You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Welcome back, folks. So um, I'll go ahead, Rob, with, our, with the first seat here. So a small business um, resource platform called Hello Alice 
um, has filed a motion recently to dismiss a class action lawsuit claiming a grant program offered in partnership with Progressive Insurance um, unlawfully discriminated against uh, business owners based on race. Mm-hmm. So um, just a just a quick update on this. I, I read this in the, the Press Democrat um, last week. The, there's a partnership between um, Hello, Alice, and Progressive where they offered $25,000 in grants to 10 Black-owned um, small businesses to be put toward the purchase of a commercial vehicle for their business. Um, and then there was a lawsuit claiming um, from an Ohio resident, Nathan Roberts, who claimed um, that they there was um, ex- they experienced reverse discrimination uh, and that he was treated differently because of his race. Um, he is a, a white man who owns a business, um, a trucking dispatch company in Ohio. I will pause there for your reaction. Oh, and I'll just also offer because I know how how excited you him. get. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> I know, know you don't him know personally, yeah. but, but just so you know that um, this this person went to Stephen Miller's organization mm. to seek uh, the support for this claim. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the Hello Alice brief or whatever motion was basically there's four things that make it completely, uh, you, know, you know, utterly not utter nonsense or something like that. Right. And so, you know, they could have filed a legal brief titled, you know, this is bullshit. Right. But this is where the battle lines are being drawn. We talk about it a lot. Right. We yep. should definitely have Samia Kamani, a real lawyer on to talk about some of these issues yep. other than me, because even though <laughs> I love to lawyer a little bit, I am not uh, I'm not a trained as such. But, you know, again, I keep coming back to this is probably BS and, and utterly utter nonsense, like they said. Mm-hmm. However, at some point, they're going to find a case that can get to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And the way that I see the world is not going to be the way that the world is going to work going forward, right? So companies right. need to prepare for that time in which voluntary affirmative action goes away. And global companies as well. I was, uh, you know, a lot of places around the world model their approach to affirmative action mm-hmm. based on U.S. law and language as well. And so it's it's you know people really should start thinking about what are we going to do when this goes away and how are we going to think about diversity equity and inclusion and how are we going to advance those things and those values that we really care about in a world in which uh it's it's you know, the 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 contours of the law that we're, we've become accustomed to for the last yeah. 30 40 years are not in, in the same place yeah, totally agree. And, and, you know, in addition, it's like still continuing to recognize that there are disparities between folks that have kind of always received these privileges, um, whether it's like through grants or through um, funding. And so, you know, Hello Alice, just so folks are aware, Hello Alice's organization has served 1.4 million small business owners and has administered over $40 million in grants to entrepreneurs Mm. all across different, like through supplier diversity contracts with businesses that are owned by veterans, uh, women, or other socially disadvantaged groups. So, you know, it's, it's, um, I, it's, it's interesting that over the last, I would say, you know, probably four or five months, you and I've covered a similar claim like this and discussed it. And I feel like it's not going to end soon, like you mentioned. So we'll keep an eye on this and, and some of the other claims that have been brought up. Um, but I agree with you. I think that we got to 
figure out how to get a handle on them. Apparently, Nathan Roberts does not agree with you that, that <laughs> there are still significant disadvantages from some groups. Yeah. He just sure. feels left out. He feels he left out. He wants to belong. Excluded. He Listen, we're excluded. not here to exclude people, but we also right, are right. here to make sure that everyone has the same playing field. Yeah. That's uh, what we're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> check in on Nate Nate Roberts. We'll check on him. Yeah. <laughs> Nate Roberts. Our All buddy, right. Nate. <laughs> All right. All right. The, uh, Nadia. All right. Yes. So we got a story about Meta. Meta, you know, they, they own Facebook, right? Do you remember do. how? Do you remember? <laughs> Remember how, so before there was, uh, you know, Elon Musk turning Twitter into X, which is just really silly, <laughs> yeah. there was Facebook turning into Meta, right? And so yeah. like how, we forget how dumb that was as well. It was so right? dumb. And I still yeah. have to say Meta. Like if you work for Do X, you Nadia. Know? I say the Facebook, but all right. Well, if you work for, if you say you work for X and you go to yeah. a, a, you know, a, a social gathering, do you say that you work for X or do you say Twitter? Or or do you say, I work for yeah. X and then people go, well, what's, what's that? And you go, oh, it's, it's Twitter. Yeah. Or people, do they say, like, that's a good, great question. Like if I went to it, if I worked for X and I went to like a dinner party and I think I would say I work for X, formerly known as Twitter, and I would say it in a very sarcastic tone, so people really yeah. understood how annoyed <laughs> yeah. that yeah. I am that I still work at that company. Totally, yeah. totally. You definitely would say the word. Yeah, you definitely say Twitter. Well, anyway, uh, yep. as an aside, so at Meta, a former global diversity strategist at Facebook, a Meta company, pled guilty to wire fraud after stealing more than four million dollars. Uh, to fund a lavish lifestyle, federal Wowza. prosecutor said. Okay. Uh, Barbara Furlow Smiles, who led various Facebook uh, DEI programs from 2017 to mid-2021, stole the money through an elaborate scheme involving fraudulent vendors, fictitious charges, and kickbacks, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Atlanta. So not she ran ERGs, so Affinity Group oh. Programming, and she would say, we're going to have a taco truck for Hispanic Latino Heritage Month, and then she would have a friend create an LLC, like, you know, taco truck, build Facebook, and then split the profit from that. That's wow. obviously a bad example, because if I was approving an invoice for a taco truck and I didn't actually get tacos, that would be a red flag. And yeah. I would I would definitely uh, investigate further. And this never would have happened. So, Nadia. Yeah. Kickbacks. What do you, what do, this what do you think? This is, I mean, I so... This is wild. Like I, I think as both of us, and I think you would agree with me that like as practitioners, as professionals, <laughs> this is highly unethical. And I'm appalled because I, I feel like there's a part of our people practice um, kind of obligation to continue to be fair and equitable in the processes and practices that we um role model within the workforce so uh, disappointed in this person come on barbara like you could have done better <laughs> be better um so yeah just just really appalled at, at that story yeah probably going to jail right i mean wire fraud's a big deal <laughs> yeah. um so you know, or like really heavy fines in addition to jail time yeah yeah not not a good look not a good not look. a good look yeah and, but we do this so, so the other thing that i think of is you know we do programming right sure yeah. We do programs. We do a little, little song and dance every once in a while. But, you know, it's the lowest order of importance I, it, to me personally, right? We also prefer, so we prefer to do education. And even that is tough sometimes. You get, you know, it's it's, uh, it's something that, that has to take place. But people show up and they're not necessarily wanting to be there. So I always think that 
you know, 80 to 90% of a budget dedicated to DEI should be around data-driven problem solving, right? Uh-huh. So creating action to have impact for the people that, uh, you know, for the stakeholders of the organization, which are most often the employees, right? And right. so, so it's just, you know, it's, it is a, it is a, a if, you, if you're spending that much on programs and then you're not necessarily following up to see if the programs are even taking place and someone's sure. actually able to, do, to, to get kickbacks off of it, to me, that seems uh, that you're being performative in the way that you're, you know, and what you're putting your budget toward. Yeah, it's yeah. And, you know, we talk about having like checks and balances. And what I mean by that is like this this mindset of plan, do, check, adjust. And at some point in time, there should have been like, you know, there should have been some sort of guardrails to understand um, whether it's like a team of people or or, um, a collaborator on the team that kind of checked and verified mm-hmm. some of the vendors and the the vendor partners that were being hired. Um, oftentimes like organizations will get, you know, quotes or, um, you know, uh, statements of works from three different organizations so that they can kind of compare, mm-hmm. make sure services are kind of aligned and that maybe perhaps the cost or budget is market value, whatever um, they decide to do. And it, just seemed like I just don't know how at a big company like this that happened um, where there was no checks and balances or accountability to hiring vendors um, and making kind of sure that that those folks practice ethical in an ethical manner. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible that this type of programming was, again, performative and and no one was checking on it. Right. So if I ran a sales organization or sales training programming and I spent four million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you would want to. Everyone in that organization would be have to be would be talking about how good the you know the, the sales training programs totally. were, right? Yeah, right. And totally. whereas this, it's not a priority. If if you're able to bill four million dollars, and and no and and, and uh, no one knows where it went, then that means that no one who is responsible is actually uh, you know to, invested in these programs, right? Yeah. So. Like it's a lot. I'm just curious. I know, like, I don't want to joke around about this, but I can't help but not. Like, what did what were the lavish lifestyles? Like, was she, but was she like buying like Louis Vuitton bags? Like, what was happening? Do do we know? I I did not. I I don't think I. I don't think I invested enough time. uh, Oh, you don't follow her. Figure out. No, I I thought it, but I. I think that's something we should research as well. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, thanks so much, Nadia. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with end of year rants and raves. Welcome back, folks. Okay, it is that time for our final end of the year rants and raves. Uh, first, I just want to acknowledge we made it, Rob. We made it through a whole other year. Yeah, um, yeah, and pretty incredible. So an award-winning um, year, Nadia. An that's award-winning way, year. That's I right. It. I know our producer Aria is smiling in the background. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So why don't you kick us off with with the rant? So I just want to remind you of things that some things that actually happened this year. And so there was a a near banking system collapse, and the Wall Street Journal said it was because banks were too woke. Uh, NASCAR was sued for being too woke. Yes, NASCAR, the, the 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 sport where you know a bunch of white dudes go around a track in a circle. There was Bud oh Light. There was the Bud Light oh, saga Bud Light. where that conservatives 
they hate Bud Light, mm -hmm. but Garth Brooks likes Bud Light, and somehow he's an inclusive figure. I think the state of Tennessee made it illegal to be in drag ever at any time. <laughs> yeah, that happened, did. right? So they sure did. So people are exhausted. So there will be no rant today. I just want to wish everyone happy holidays. If your holidays occur at this time of the year, uh, and then a happy new year. If your year ends at this time of year, we're so happy that uh, our audience joins us every week and, and appreciate you as well, Nadia. So no rants this week. Oh, that's sweet. No, I like that. Thank you for ending on, um, on that note. Uh, and some of those reminders where it was a tough year. So I, I appreciate that. I will end this segment with, um, so P, the organization PWC rolled out a neurodiversity interactive learning program to all of its 32,000 plus UK employees. It's called Great Minds, and then in parentheses, Don't Think Alike. This program explores the topic of neurodiversity and includes bite-sized resources, as well as I thought, which was interesting, is tells the stories and experiences from um, its own PwC employees. So, I yeah, just wanted to kind of um, recognize that work. I I haven't seen it, but I love the focus on neurodivergency, especially because it can be a, a visible or invisible dimension of diversity and, you know, would love to see what it's like. So anyone at PwC who might be listening, if you want, if you want to pull me and Robin <laughs> and kind of share with us the great work you're working on, would love to uh, observe that. So open invitation, all. anyone open at invitation. PwC, There's, yeah. anyone, anyone, all like um, hundred thousand employees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anywhere globally. All right. Awesome. Thanks for that, Nadia. Yeah. That is it for inclusive collective for 2023. Just wow. a reminder that if you are looking for DEI and workplace culture, strategy, consulting, problem solving, or training, you can reach Nadia at Nadia at nasconsultants.com and Rob at Rob at DeCanoConsulting.com. Inclusive Collective, as you know, Nadia is a production of Refilion Media and edited by the wonderful Ari Mathay. Happy New Year, Ari. We'd love to hear from you all. So uh, send us some feedback at inclusivecollective at thefilian.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Be sure to follow up with us on LinkedIn because you can subscribe to the IC monthly newsletter. If you like what you heard, please go out there and uh, subscribe to the show, rate us uh, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again to our guests, Rob and Nadia. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back in 2024. Bye, Nadia. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and happy new year. Be well. Did you hear that? Yeah, it's okay, though. It's just silly. She's joining us in the end of the year. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.